What are you afraid of? We've all got something, whether it's the dark or what's in the dark, other people, spiders, ghosts, Scientologists, clowns, Bigfoot. We all have something we fear, and it usually all links back to a story. And a lot of times that story has been told over and over from generation to generation. It may have started in one place, but the story spreads like a virus, creeping into the ear of the next person, reaching into the next town over, the next state, sometimes reaching from one end of the earth to the other. Today's show is all about urban legends, and instead of having one guest on the show, today I'm featuring the voices of listeners and friends of the show that submitted on the HiHo app. We'll hear all about your favorite urban legends and which ones scare you the most. But first, turn off the lights, find a safe hiding space, and fall in to haunting season. Today's episode is brought to you by Mixtape Massacre, the 1980s-styled slasher-killer board game. You can have up to six players, each one some sort of paranormal slasher-monster-type creature with a cool origin story and a great character design. You take turns roaming the town, racking up kills, and collecting trophies like severed hands, teeth, and eyeballs to try and come out either with the most kills or be the last surviving. It takes about 15 minutes to learn, around 90 minutes to play with six people. You can check it out at hauntingseasonpod.com mixtape. And if you want to buy the game, we'll offer you... 10% off, which is more than 0% off, so why not? It's a cool game. Right now it's my favorite game. You should at least check it out. Good evening, world, and welcome to Haunting Season. Tonight we are traveling together around, well, I'm not quite sure where just yet. I'm recording this as I listen to user-submitted stories on the app Hi-Ho. If you're a friend of the show, you'll know that I've been using the app to not only talk back and forth with listeners through video exchanges, but to also work your voice into the show itself. Because honestly, what I love most about our show is the connection I make with listeners and other horror fans, podcasters, and content creators. What you all have to say is much more interesting most times than anything I have to talk about, and I just love the conversations that come out of this kind of interacting. You all expand my mind, and that's the best part about being a talking face on the internet. So, because this is a tribute to the listeners episode, that brings me to the one big question of the day. What is your favorite urban legend? I'll go first. Growing up in New Jersey felt like being at the epicenter of all urban legends. At school, we passed around bootleg copies of Weird New Jersey, and sometimes on late Friday nights we would go exploring, trying to find some urban legends from the magazine. Haunted roads, spooky cemeteries, ghosts, demons, cursed trees. We had more legends than could be held in one person's brain. But there was one that stood above the rest. Mrs. Leeds was in labor, a feeling she had come to know all too well. But this one felt different. The doctor instructed her to push, which she did with a mighty growl. Men will never know such pain. On the other side of the door, Mr. Leeds paced as his twelve children listened in distress. One more push, ma'am. Another warrior's cry, and then the doctor backed away. The head of the child was out, but it was long, horse-like, but with dog ears. What's wrong? Uh, Keep pushing, ma'am. 
One last effort pushed the thing out from between her legs and onto the floor. It let out an awful small fawn's cry and stood up, shaking its leathery wings to expel the mucus and blood. It stood on hind legs, turned to see its mother passed out and still bleeding on the table. The doctor, frozen in fear, watched as it took its first flight, still attached, then took scissors, cut the cord, and watched as it messily smashed through the window into the darkness. What would he tell Mr. Leeds? If you haven't guessed it already, this is the story of the Jersey Devil. Legend has it that in 1938, a frustrated Mrs. Leeds, bearing her 13th child, cursed her pregnancy by saying out loud, Let it be the devil! And then ended up giving birth to a creature with the head of a dog, but the face of a horse, bat-like wings, and a kangaroo's body. The legend has been alive for over 250 years, and I first heard it while hiking in the Pine Barrens, which are these woods where the trees are so close together you can barely see very much in front of you. It's easy to get turned around there. Once in a while, the Jersey Devil will come out and rampage around town, but it mostly sticks to the marshy woods. And it's not just crazy wood folks reporting sightings. It's reliable people like business owners, farmers, and government officials though I'm not sure how much I'd trust the latter. So that's my story. This next story comes from a friend of the show, Joe Dove, host of the Disc Dungeon podcast. He was our guest last week and told us some ghost stories, but let's hear what his favorite urban legend is. Hey, Josh. I'm glad you posted this one because this is right up my alley. I grew up in a slew of different urban legends, but my favorite being the legend of Sleepy Hollow, because I grew up not too far from it, and I would go there as a kid to trick-or-treat, because that was the thing to do, especially with the pumpkin head that was thrown at you by the Headless Horseman. Yes, I grew up in the neighborhood of the Ichabod Crane story, where the Headless Horseman came to get Ichabod Crane, but it was the joke of a town bully. A lot of that stuff, the Headless Horseman, maybe not so much coming back to life, but that bridge did exist. That covered bridge? Creepy. So creepy. And, of course, the teacher, Ichabod Crane, was real. He was actually a friend of the writer of the story, and of course, he's long dead, but the whole neighborhood where we grew up was the battles and skirmishes of the Revolutionary War. So a lot of Hessians were hired as mercenaries and were used to fight, and a lot got killed in those neighborhoods. A lot of creepy trees still exist in Terrytown, Sleepy Hollow, and where I grew up in Mount Vernon. A lot of them being cut down or fall down over the years because of climate change and a lot of terrible storms. But I just love this story because it's where I grew up and the old homes and the old roads that kind of still wander and are super windy that lead to kind of nowhere. There's a lot of dead ends. And it always made me wonder if I went there late at night, would it ever happen to me? Would I see the Headless Horseman? And I did go over there late at night and I didn't see the Headless Horseman. But what I did see is a giant shadow peering over the water that was over there. And a bunch of buddies of mine, we were in a a Jeep and we got freaked out by it and sped too fast. And the guy hit one of those speed bumps that you're not supposed to speed over. And all of us ended up going and hitting our heads on the roof of the car. But absolutely love it. Uh, Great post as always. It's always awesome to be a friend of the podcast, Haunting Season. Thanks, Josh. (laughs) Joe, I love the way you tell stories, man. And I would expect nothing less from the host of the Dis Dungeon podcast. Thanks so much for this and for giving so much detail in here as well. Just a joy to listen to you talk, dude. 
Sleepy Hollow and the Tale of the Headless Horseman is one of the most classic American tales of the supernatural, second only maybe to A Christmas Carol. If you haven't seen it, I would highly encourage you to watch the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow. This movie hits the nail on the head so well that no one has touched it since. And now, in the age of remakes, I'm not sure there will ever be a reason to, unless it was done maybe by the makers of The Witch or Apostle. This next legend comes from Chris, all the way up in New Hampshire. Urban legend. Okay, so uh, I too have to go with something I grew up with. So I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And as a kid, I was always told to fear Ladrona. That's right, Ladrona. Uh, They made a really cool movie about her. And as a kid, it was always like, hey, don't go in the ditch. She will get you. And I believed it. I totally believed it. I was a little kid, of course. So when the movie came out, I was obligated. My childlike self was like, Chris, you gotta watch this movie. It's about your childhood, check it out. But La Llorona, definitely. It was terrifying to think that if you just go down a ditch and just kind of hang out with friends, this woman will take you and you will die. La Llorona has many forms to her legend, but one of the most prominent is of a mother who sees her husband with another woman and in a fit of rage, drowns her children in the river. Immediately regretting it, she drowns herself as well, and because of the curse of suicide, she's banished from the afterlife, doomed to roam the earth as a spirit looking for her children. Legend goes, if she finds your child by the riverbed, she will take them, mistaking them for her own, and drag them into a watery grave. Stay away from the river, children. Thank you, Chris. Now we'll be hearing from Trey, my newest hi-ho friend from Arkansas. All right, so my favorite urban legend is probably the Loch Ness Monster. I went to Scotland when I was 12, and I actually got to go to Loch Ness and hang out there for a while. Unfortunately, I didn't see anything, but it's always been my favorite. I'm terrified of sea creatures, but I love them at the same time. They fascinate me. However, I want to tell you about the urban legend from my hometown or my home county of Ashley County, Arkansas, the Cross at Light. Now, every town has their spook light, but the Cross at Light has gotten so popular that it's actually featured in Creepypasta now. And if you go to the Encyclopedia of Arkansas and look at it, you can see all about it. Legend has it that in the early 1900s, there was a railroad worker whose head got cut off. And now a light can be seen within the old railroad tracks way back out in, you know, the boonies seen swinging back to back. I've been a few times with my best friend. I have seen something. I don't know what it was. Um, Some people think that it's just like a ball of gas. Some people think it's aliens. Some people think it's the spirit of the railroad worker. But I've seen it a few times. My friend liked to get people to... he. He used to like to trick people into coming out there and scaring them himself. So some of my experiences there have been tainted by that. But I've been a few times and I've seen something. It's very fascinating. And it's, I don't know. I believe that there's something out there. I mean, I believe that there are lots of things that science can't explain. And I believe that there are lots of things that are meant to occupy your brain to where you don't focus on Uh, other things. And so I definitely think that this is one of them. Anyways, it was a lot of fun. Um, I've been scared half to death there. 
and we've had the cops call on us a couple of times. But it's definitely interesting, and if you ever want to coordinate a trip to Arkansas, I'd be glad to take you out there. Anyways, hope that helps. I've heard a few stories of balls of light being explained away as gas, and I have to say, I don't buy it. Not one bit. Thanks for your story, Trey. Let's head north, back to my home state of New Jersey, to hear from Sarah. We had a little bit of a bonding over living in the same area, so I'll play a bit of the conversation back and forth. Oh my gosh, Jersey friend. So I got to tell you, I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's the one that (laughs) I think most traumatized me when I was in high school. And that was the pig lady again in New Jersey. And it was uh, around Duke Farms. I remember a bunch of friends and I, uh, we had just finished like a softball game and we went out for pizza and we were in my friend's car and she stopped in the middle of the road and she said, you know, if you get out in the road and you say pig lady, pig lady, pig lady three times, the pig lady's going to come out and get you out of the woods. So like my friend went out in front of the car in front of like the, the high beams and she said it like two or three times and then we literally heard something in the woods and like... I don't like she jumped in the car so fast. I think we like flipped the pizza all over the place. Like it was the scariest freaking thing to this day. I don't know if the pig lady ever showed herself, but I do frequent that road and it's a very nice road actually, (laughs) but you will not catch me in the middle of the road saying pig lady three times because that is some scary ish. Oh my gosh, the big lady. I love urban legends like that where it involves doing something so simple as just standing in the middle of somewhere and saying something or doing something. There was one where it's on Clinton Road. There's this little bridge like way out in the woods and it's over a dam. And so if you park on the bridge at night, turn off your lights and throw a penny off the bridge, the penny comes back and hits the roof of the car. And then there was something about a ghost truck that would then show up and and you're supposed to stay on the bridge and keep the lights off and wait for the ghost truck to hit you. And then right before it does, right before it just like, you know, the cars collide, it turns into a spirit and comes into the car and kills everybody. So of course we had to try that one. I'm pretty sure what happened was, it was a long time ago, it was high school, but I'm pretty sure what happened was we went to the bridge, we threw a penny off of it, nothing happened. We got back in the car, the penny hit the roof of the car and we all freaked out. And then it turned out Dan, the driver, had tossed the penny on the roof as a joke and he was like laughing and have a good time. And then this truck shows up at the end of the bridge and we started freaking out and he dropped the keys and like couldn't get the car started and it started coming towards us and we finally got the keys in and we backed off the bridge and it went by us really really slowly and then we went back on the bridge and everybody was like do it again do it again turn off the car doing blah 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 so we kept the keys in the ignition but we turned off the car and the truck came back a few minutes later behind us and we got really scared and we started driving really really fast and we were on this dirt road and we were fishtailing and this truck was like chasing us and finally we got onto the like the normal pavement and the tires caught and we turned off a side road and turned off the car and just coasted in the darkness so as not to reveal ourselves with the brake lights and the truck went by and we never saw it again we got so freaked out doing that and if i had to guess i'd say it's probably a local who knew the legend and and knew that kids joked around there all the time and probably got some sort of enjoyment out chasing us off but anyway that's what the pig lady reminded me of was was these urban legends that have these like simple rules like stand in the road and do this thing it's scary that story scared the crap out of me and part of me kind of sort of wants to do it too but no i'm too scared i'm too scared especially i feel like as i've gotten older everything scares me even more i can't even believe that story i literally would have like 
shit my pants. <laughs> oh my God. I like, maybe you're right, but like, oh, anyways, I love that freaking story so much. And I'm like dying to just maybe check out the area, maybe in the daytime. But if a penny hits the roof of my car, that's it. I'm out. I'm freaking out. <laughs> I started telling ghost stories through haunting season back in 2013 on my YouTube channel. And that story of the dam on Clinton Road was the second story that I ever uploaded. And to this day, it's one of the most popular with 214,000 views. It's 11 minutes long. Check it out if you have a chance. But for now, let's zoom over to Cully, another contributor on HiHo. Hi, Joshua. I have a few. Number one, the Mothman prophecies. I just love listening to anything about it. Number two, I would say the Men in Black. So good. Number three, probably the Black Eyed Kids because it's just creepy. As hell. Where to start with this one? Well, the Mothman is as iconic as a bald eagle here in America, but has been seen in different countries as well. Known as a harbinger of death, this fuzzy winged man with glowing red eyes appears before major tragedies like the collapse of the Silver Bridge, Chernobyl, and 9-11. Men in Black you may know from the movies, but not in real life, as they've likely erased your memory several times throughout your life. I'd like to see how they'd cover up the recent UFO documents released from the Pentagon, though. And the black-eyed children are just that, homeless little creepers with black eyes and empty souls. Let's hear from Yaman. Okay, so I don't know if this is an urban legend or it was just something that would scare the crap out of me when I was growing up. But I remember it was my cousins. They dared me to go into the bathroom and turn a light off and turn your back towards the mirror and then say something like Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And then she's supposed to show up in the, in the glass. I mean, why? Why would you tell me to do that? Now if I walk into a bathroom as a grown-ass man and I just simply think of that thought as a kid, I get freaked out. I mean, like, why would you tell someone to do that? Why is Bloody Mary a thing? I mean, it's just, I don't even know where it came from. Actually, maybe you can help me where, where I don't even know who Bloody Mary is. All I know is that I ain't doing it. I ain't going to do it to this day. Nope, not me. Nuh-uh. No way. Bloody Mary dates back to a time where women were encouraged to bank their entire livelihood on marrying the right man with handsome looks and a good job. During sleepovers, young girls would take a hand mirror and walk up the stairs backwards in the dark with a lit candle, this is before electricity, and hope to catch a glimpse of their future husband. There was a chance, however, that they would see something else. A dark, horrible image that would be an omen for being alone the rest of their lives or dying young. This eventually turned into the legend of Bloody Mary, who would appear to those who chanted her name 13 times. Once arrived, she would show you your future and perhaps even how you would die. If Bloody Mary is for the suburbanites, then there's a similar legend that haunts the city dwellers as well. Let's hear from Riot and the conversation he started on Hi-Ho. I think my favorite urban legend and still one that scares me today is Candyman. I'm not going to say his name again because I might mess up and say it too many more times. But especially in the black community, I know growing up, that was two things that they were sick on you. That person that I said earlier and the boogeyman. 
Like those two, you know, but the first one that I was talking about, he still scares me to this day. So that's my urban legend. I actually was just talking to my wife about this. Candyman was the original scary story that I heard on the playground growing up. And I knew that there was a movie and it was beyond what I could even accept as a human being, as a small child. And I was so scared of it. I didn't watch the movie until this year because I've been getting into Clive Barker for the first time. A lot of his stories scared me so badly that I swore I would never watch the movies. And so as an adult, I'm 36 now, I'm just getting into these movies. And I won't say it because I, I don't know how many people are going to reply to this. And then I, I know there's like a collective, like if you say it five times. But that movie, seeing it for the first time as an adult, was still scary. So I can understand why that legend has stuck with you and just how that film draws him into reality in a way that makes you really believe that he's out there. Uh, and if he's not, there could be someone using that legend or it could be passed on to somebody else. Okay, I'm getting freaked out talking about it. Thank you so much. Don't say his name. Honestly, that makes me think about Bloody Mary. Like what a crazy, scary horror legend that doesn't have a movie or anything that's like huge in pop culture. That character, Bloody Mary, is a terrifying concept. And I feel like it should be part of like a huge movie. There should be an icon, like a definitive version of Bloody Mary out there to scare the willies out of all kids. And it, I don't think it exists. I'm sure that like someone's done a Bloody Mary movie, but like not a big one. They, they should do that. I wonder if that doesn't really exist because Clive Barker knocked it out of the park with candy man like i wonder if that kind of i don't know not stole the thunder but just like it was too similar and so it hasn't been done i know bloody mary has been done in uh tv shows like um supernatural i think did a really good episode and i know that there's some lower budget movies they pop up when you google it i've haven't seen any of them but yeah it's a really scary legend and it dates back pretty far in American culture to young women holding a mirror and walking backwards up the stairs with a candle and hoping to see the reflection of the man they would someday marry. But then sometimes they would see death. And I think that was where Bloody Mary originated. And then it became asking, you know, Bloody Mary to come forth. How many times have I said this? Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to stop. But asking her to come forth and she would either be in a good mood or a bad mood, but would tell you your future. Did I say it too many times? Right? Like, I thought I was the only one. Like, Bloody, how many times have we said it already? Okay, she should definitely have a movie. And I, I feel like... She has a movie. I feel like I've watched a movie, but I don't feel like it was mainstream. I feel like it was just one of those, um, let's create a movie, independent type films. She needs a blockbuster hit type movie. I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's create it. Let's, 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 let's do it. Let's go. We've got to pitch it to that team that did the Ouija board movie. You know, there's like a couple Ouija board movies now. You took an existing thing everybody knows and blew it up, made it big. Who did that? Who made you? Okay, okay. So you can see the power of the legends here. A bunch of grown people still afraid to say the names too many times. This is the beauty of powerful storytelling, and it reveals so much about who we are as humans. We might have jobs and a family. We might have kids of our own or teach them at school. 
We could be 17 or 70, but no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, something deep down inside has you believing that there's something out there lurking in the shadows, ready to get you. Is it simply survival instinct turned artful? Or are we not as alone as we think we are? I don't know about you, but I lean towards the latter. That's it for our episode today, but stay tuned after the credits to hear how you can get more involved in Haunting Season. Memento Mori is the premier oddities and curiosities shop located in Los Angeles. Visit us at 1507 Wilcox Avenue at Sunset Boulevard in the heart of Hollywood, Fridays through Sundays, 11 to 6 p.m. Or shop online at www.mementomori-la.com. Haunting Season is written and created by me, Joshua Sterling Bragg, and is a joint production of Matt Gillen and Believe Limited. Thank you to everybody who submitted today and to all of the listeners of the show. Without you, I'm just a rambling, bearded bozo with a microphone. This episode was executive produced by Matt Gillen, Ryan Gillen, and Patrick James Lynch, with creative support from Cody Dugan, Jessica Richmond, Mel Forrest, and my wife, Courtney Barber. Hunting Season's podcast editor is Drama Del Rosario, and he uses music for the show made by North Innsbruck. You can find different content from Haunting Season on all of our platforms. YouTube has the scary stories. Instagram has spooky photos and updates. TikTok has horror movie recommendations and reviews. And we're now on the app Hi-Ho, where you can contribute to the podcast with your own voice and hop into a conversation and get personal replies from me. Have something to send me yourself? Well, I've got a P.O. box now. Send anything cursed, weird, witchy, or just plain fun, and I'll add it to my shelf of oddities and shout you out on TikTok. Send stuff to P.O. Box 9681, Glendale, California, 91226. Thanks for listening, friends. And remember, we're more likely to survive if we stick together. I'll see you next time. 